chances are your pastor is tired. He's probably been tired for quite some time now. Pastoral fatigue is a real thing. It's something that most pastors are afraid to talk about, something they are afraid to admit out loud. Almost every veteran pastor that I have spoken to about longevity in ministry said they wish they were more open about the toll that pastoring took on them. Almost all of them expressed being worried about what the reaction would be like if they admitted that they were tired and worn out. In the second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul tells them the same thing. He says, I'm tired. I'm worn out. Pastoring is undoubtedly one of the most fulfilling jobs in the world because we get to share and teach people about the most important thing in the world. That is the truth about God and his son, Jesus. The thing is, pastoring involves people and people can be, well, tiring. In most cases, it's not the people themselves, rather the difficult aspects of life that they need to be guided through. Of course, our sinful desires, sinful nature, and sinful behavior don't help. An old pastor, and I mean really old, <laughs> told me, when you're tired, don't be afraid to say you need a break. It's okay to say no. Boundaries are a good thing. So with that, I want to say, I'm tired. I mean, emotionally, mentally, physically, and in some cases, spiritually. I'm tired. And in that order. If I'm not your pastor, I want you to know, whoever your pastor is, he's tired too. Pastoral fatigue is the silent killer of Christian ministry. In the past, when I got tired or ran out of energy, I would simply power through. I would say, the church needs me. People need me. God needs me. So I've got to keep going. This was problematic. Thankfully, it only took a few times of behaving this way that I realized this was more hurtful than helpful. I've learned that to do my best Christ-centered work, I need to be the best Christ-centered version of myself. Changes had to be made. First, I had to learn to be comfortable with saying no. In some cases, I had to say no more than I said yes. While your pastor, other ministry leaders, and myself, while we aren't, quote, too good to do anything, end quote, we should be equippers who aren't too stupid, or should I say unwise, to do everything. Sometimes we pastors have trouble saying no to people because we liked to be liked, and we enjoy serving the Lord. However, if we make every issue our issue, we end up embracing everyone's issue as our own. Secondly, I had to constantly remind myself of my calling. My calling is to preach the word of God and to lead people to Christ. Shepherding isn't just talking about God. It is living with God. There is a huge difference between being a preacher of the word and being a quote, sermon writer, end quote. While operating as a sermon writer, I was more concerned about pleasing people. However, being a preacher of the word means I'm more concerned about pleasing God. 
believe it or not, trying to please people is a lot more stressful than trying to please God. Plus, God is a lot more forgiving. A wise pastor once said, no workshop, no pastor's conference, book, or seminary program can do more than devoting time in the secret place of daily devotional life. So sit quietly, read the word, talk to God, and above all, practice silence so you can hear his voice. Only he can can sustain those he called to a task which to human eyes seems impossible to fulfill. Wow, what a relief. Thirdly, I had to set and hold firm boundaries. Pastoring at a healthy pace is a vital skill in ministry. Setting boundaries allows that to happen. It gives time for personal care, necessary time with family, and even time devoted to hobbies and personal interests. Along with setting boundaries, I had to create margin. Creating margin means we, I, had to build in time to stop. Yes, stop. As in rest, as in don't do anything. God modeled and commanded Sabbath rest for us, which literally means to stop. We need to create margin every single day so that we can sleep well. We need to create margins every week so that we can recharge well. It took some time, but I learned how to do nothing. I spend most of my day off doing, well, nothing. I remember one of the first times doing this. My wife saw me sitting on the couch and asked, what was I doing? I said, nothing. She said, what are you going to do? I said, nothing. She said, you're just going to sit there? I said, yep. I'm recharging, and I'm not going to do anything. Admittedly, this was very strange at first, but now I'm used to it. Yes, there are times where my nothing includes something like reading a comic book, learning a new cooking recipe, watching golf, or slowly sipping coffee. But those somethings are nothings to me. They let me rest. They recharge me. Don't brag about working hard, but also don't apologize for resting hard either. Exactly how and when you stop is up to you. While we all believe in the idea of Sabbath, the practice often eludes us, so we must be intentional about it. Pastor Mark Dance, who is the director of Lifeway Pastors, so this guy definitely knows what he's talking about. He said, the cold, hard truth is nobody in your church will make you stop. There will never be a long line of people wanting to police their pastor about his church churchaholic tendencies. So choose carefully who you speak to and who speaks into your life the most. It's your choice whether you steward your time or allow it to be stolen. No pastor sets out to be a superhero. But if the cape fits, take it off anyway, end quote. Wow, what a, what a powerful statement. It's even more powerful when it's practiced. Lastly, pastoring and shepherding is not a solidary task. It should be done in the company of friends. There's no way I can pastor without the help of godly friends. Those that are in support of me and the ministry that I'm called to.
I'm learning the great importance of sharing life with those who are fighting the same battles I am. This energizes me and helps to fight my fatigue. Having friends to talk to on the same terms is a healing experience. Yes, for most pastors, developing deep friendships is a hard and daunting task, but when those relationships are formed, they are life-giving. This is not a new phenomenon. The scripture is filled with great friendships. There's David and Jonathan, Naomi and Ruth, Elijah and Elisha, Moses and Aaron, and there's Job and his friends. Okay, maybe not that last one. The point is, great friends make life better, and in most cases, less stressful. You may not be a pastor, but there's a good chance you're tired as well. Maybe you need to say no, or take a break, create more margin, or spend more time with life-giving friends. If so, do so. I'm Pastor Cedric Beckles, and I'm tired. However, I've learned how to rest. With obedience to God and the gift of His grace, His word, and great friends, I'll recharge and be back at it again tomorrow.